Welcome to Psychic Primacy, a series of discussions exploring the areas of most critical psychological importance of various films, TV shows, and stories. Today we are talking about the Garden of Eden. After the universe has been created, Adam exists in the world by himself. He is utterly alone, natural beauty surrounding him, but seemingly unable to take a hold of it. Life was plentiful, but felt distanced. It was a place of aloneness, of being isolated and separate. He is then told, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. As the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is one of the most widely debated ideas in written record, this is where we begin the psychic primacy of the Garden of Eden. The one who is warned of this tree is every adult human prior to personal illumination, prior to initiation to life's mysteries. This prior state is alienation from the world, one of mundane existence, of being other than and cut off from life's greater powers. Existing in a garden of plenty, but possessing no substantial motivations to work in said garden, being unsure why they have been placed here. This human, however, has a vague idea that there is something which transcends the common world. The sought-after transcendent world is an introduction to the pairs of opposites, to the complementary existence of good and evil. It's the way towards knowing that all things are conditioned by their polar half. Part of our alienation comes from thinking of ourselves and the world as two separate entities. We believe we are only conscious and that the unconscious is a non-entity that we are only good and that the evil is in others, that we are just this body and that the spirit is far from matter. The garden is a mind state of polarities, of innocence, of an existence where the human is cut off from the whole. Moving away from polarities is a state that resembles death, one in which chaos and confusion overtake our once stable state, where differences bleed together creating a product which is unrecognizable. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. But this is not woman in the gendered sense of the word, as Eve is the one who gives vitality, who is the mother of life. She is the soul of every human, a forgotten unconscious part which leads us towards our personal enlightenment. She is the unconscious anima who must be joined with for transformation. Since the light side of Adam, the conscious mind, is set to obey external orders and accept his as-is existence, we all must be pulled and lured by the soul, the intuitive half which knows that there is eternal life waiting to be discovered. You will not certainly die, the snake said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent is the dormant power that lies within, tempting us towards a different type of life from the one we have always known. It is a messenger to the soul, 
the thing that draws Eve out of her quiet existence and into unexpected glory. Eve has been dormant and asleep, but is now being awakened, desiring to be the true counterpart to Adam, the conscious mind. The serpent wants our eyes to be opened, to shed ourselves of the veils of illusion and come to fuller consciousness. This power knows that we will not physically die, that we will only die to our past lives, stripping ourselves of misdirected paths based on conditioned beliefs. The snake power lures us away from ignorance and towards wisdom, attempting to become fathers and mothers in the truest sense, authorities over our own lives, who can become just like gods. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. But the eating of this tree is only the beginning of mystical initiation. The shock exposure to reality results in extreme shame, needing to hide from the knowledge that we are equal parts good and evil. A fully understanding the human condition and the undeniable fact that our light is always side by side with our darkness. To expose ourselves to the opposites is to expose ourselves to the truth. To know just how horrible and wretched we can be. This is where the real work of life comes in as we integrate the shadow. This is when true pain sets in, toiling and working to redeem ourselves from our past condition. We must come to see our limitations and our unknowingness, to know that we know nothing. This is when we become utterly exposed and vulnerable, becoming more aware and conscious of our limited being. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. But all is not lost. And even though it seems like death is imminent, we must hold strong to await new life, becoming more conscious of the opposites, seeing our misdirections, coming to see the true road. It all gets us closer and closer to the tree of life. Through death and darkness, we inch towards the feeling of immortality and boundless power. The route through personal illumination is harrowing and frightening. The gate is very straight and narrow. At every juncture, it seems like there is no way out and no hope of success. But returning us back to the psychic primacy of the story, knowledge of the opposites allows us to die as we know that life is the end result. It lets us understand that life and death are two sides of the same coin, that all things exist with the other, that we are both subject and object ego and non-ego, uniting the opposites that exist within and without, as both a limited temporal ego and an ever-expanding eternal self. This joining transcendent process allows us to no longer hold tight to what has been and instead welcome that which is becoming. We recognize our place as time-limited yet infinite a part of something whose point is everywhere and circumference is nowhere. In the end, to reach out one's hand and take from a tree implies the separateness of things, 
the alienated and confined mind state in the garden of aloneness. It implies that the human, the tree, and the garden are all distinct entities, whereas guidance through the opposites leads to a place in which garden, tree, and human are one. And therefore, one has no need to reach out a hand in order to take a part in eternal life. Eternal life is here. It is already part of us and within us, just as it has been since the creation. We were just too ignorant to know it. Thank you for experiencing this episode of Psychic Primacy. Be on the lookout for more episodes in the series coming soon.